0: Hello everybody at Melbourne City Adventist Church. My name is Jonathan Gillard and I am a chaplain at Gilson College, Taylors Hill, one of our schools in the western suburbs. I'm really excited to be able to share with you today uh, via video. I really had hoped that I'd be able to meet with you in person to share with you in person, but unfortunately that isn't possible. We've had uh, a really interesting year in 2020. It's, It's had its ups and downs, Uh, whether they be uh, restrictions being put in place and then restrictions being lifted and then restrictions in place, restrictions being lifted. But I know that as this new year comes, 2021, as we enter the new year, it's going to be exciting. I know it's going to be the year that many of us hoped 2020 would be. And so I'm excited to share with you this morning a very important topic to me that I hope will be of help to some of you as well. Prayer is really important to me. Now, I must say, I'm not a prayer warrior. Uh, I've met a lot of prayer warriors in my life. I've always admired prayer warriors because their passion for prayer and their faith in God is uh, so exciting uh, and so inspiring. But at the same time, I've struggled with prayer. I'm not afraid to say to you that I've struggled with prayer because I think that it's, it's quite normal. I think a lot of people struggle with prayer. I often say uh, that I have a love-hate relationship with prayer. I say that because I love prayer. I genuinely do. And I believe that it is of incredible importance to our personal devotional walk with God. Uh, It's so uplifting and so encouraging. But at the same time, prayer can be challenging, can't it? Prayer can be uh, difficult at times, especially when it feels like our prayers go unnoticed especially when it feels like I've been asking God for some time for his help or to do something. And I wonder, is God even listening? Prayer can be difficult at times. I have with me this little prayer journal. It's just a small little uh, book that my sister got me once upon a time as a gift after, after the movie The War Room. Uh, was released. And if you've seen the movie, you know it's all about prayer and the importance of prayer and and having a personal prayer walk. It's pretty exciting. And it's the type of thing that you want to do when you start a new year. You want to set new resolutions. One of those things might be, hey, I want to uh, read the Bible more. I want to have a better journey with God more this year. I want to pray more this year. And that's the type of book that you might pick up. You might purchase from a Christian bookstore. and, And you might say, hey, I'm going to start journaling my prayers this year. And that's what I did when I was given this little book as a gift. Uh, it's got a few columns in it. Uh, one column for the date. Then you write your prayer request. Then it's got a little check uh, checkbox mark that you tick uh, when when the prayer has been answered. And you write the date the prayer was answered. And then you can write some comments. And when I got this book, I was excited because I thought, this is the answer that I need for a better prayer walk. This is what I need uh, to pray better, to be um, more encouraged with my prayers, so that I don't go on that same up and down pattern. And I was excited. And for the first week or two, I just wrote down every prayer request I could think of. Uh, friends that needed jobs, uh, incredible prayers that needed to be answered, issues in, in friends' lives, in my own life, uh, that sort of thing. I wrote them down and and each night I wrote them down and each night I prayed over them and I went through every request and I prayed over it with excitement, hoping that my prayers would be answered, with faith that my prayers would be answered. But after a week or two, I started to get discouraged. After a little while, I started to think, why haven't my prayers been answered? Where is God? As the list got longer and as I thought of more things that I needed to pray for, I realized that the ones that I had started praying for at the beginning still hadn't been answered. And that hurt a little bit. So what I did was I put this strap around the, the little prayer journal there. I put it in my drawer and I forgot about it. I forgot about it for quite some time. New Year's resolutions are a little bit like that. You start off strong, you start off uh, passionate, you start off excited, and then after a little while, they dwindle out, they fade away, and you stop doing them. So I want to talk about prayer this morning because I really encourage you as we enter into a new year, that you make prayer and a journey of prayer an important part of your walk with God this year. But how do we do that when we can be so easily discouraged? What's the answer to that? I'm not sure that I have all the answers this morning, but I want to explore that with you a little bit. A quick glance over the life of Jesus reveals that he modeled the importance of prayer and a connection with God that is so essential for everyday life. It's so essential. The gospel writers regularly note, in fact, in every gospel, it's noted that Jesus would retreat into solitude. And when he talks about solitude in the gospels, it means Jesus retreated in prayer alone to talk with the Father. And if it's important for Jesus, guess what? It's important for us as well. It's important for me. It's important for you. But I know that I'm not the only one who has struggled with a prayer walk. I'm not the only one who has struggled with a personal prayer journey, which is why I'm open to talk about it. In fact, there are 12 very famous people in Scripture that struggled with their prayer journey as well. Those closest to Jesus weren't good at prayer. In fact, it's often noted in the Gospels, it's noted that when Jesus would retreat into solitude with prayer, the disciples were found sleeping. They were distracted. They were asleep. They weren't praying too well. The disciples struggled to pray, which is why they asked Jesus, uh, Lord, teach us how to pray. And it's become one of the most famous prayers in Scripture, one of the most regularly repeated prayers today, the Lord's Prayer. If they weren't willing to ask the question of Jesus, teach us how to pray, we wouldn't have The most beautiful prayer, one of the most beautiful prayers written uh, today, the Lord's Prayer. Such a powerful prayer. I encourage you to read it for yourself, to memorize it for yourself in Luke chapter uh, 11. And that's where we're going today. Luke chapter 11. If you've got your Bibles with me, open them up. Let's go to Luke chapter 11. But in fact, we're not talking about the Lord's Prayer this morning. I want to talk about the story immediately after the Lord's Prayer. Before we get into it, let me pray with you today. Gracious Heavenly Father, as we open your word, I pray that your Holy Spirit will be present. May you teach us something new about you. May you draw us closer to you. And may you help us understand scripture in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Luke chapter 11, and I'm reading from verse 5 onwards. Jesus said to them, this is immediately after... Lord's Prayer, Jesus says to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. You might be wondering, Jonathan, what does this uh, parable, what does this story have to do with prayer? And it's a good question. It's a good question while the context immediately, following this, uh, immediately prior to the story is the context of the Lord's Prayer. So, so you have to remember that to understand this parable, to understand the story, it comes within the context of Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. And then he tells a story of a man who goes to a friend at midnight and says, give me some food. Scholars will tell you uh, that the house that the, the, the father lived in was probably a single room house. They probably slept as a family. They probably slept together on a single mat in the middle of the room. There was probably a large, uh, heavy lock to unlock the door. So it's not unusual in the middle of the night to not want to hop up out of bed. In fact, we know today, uh, if somebody knocks on our door in the middle of the night, we're probably not going to answer the door. We might be more likely to call the cops. The father didn't want to unlock the door. He didn't want to wake the whole family. So we say, you know, he's, a, he's reluctant. He's reluctant to help, but it's understandable. It's, it's relatable. But there's another side to the story. There is a cultural and moral obligation. You see, in this culture, if somebody comes to you in need, if somebody comes to you in help, You have a cultural and moral obligation to help them, to assist them, to provide food uh, and lodging for a visitor who had journeyed throughout the night. And that's what's happened in the story. In fact, a visitor has arrived in the middle of the night and a man has a cultural and moral obligation to help, but he has no food to do so. So he goes to his friend, a father, and he says, please help me. And this cultural, this moral obligation extends to the whole village. They're all supposed to help. So the father really should be hopping up and helping this man. However, Jesus explains in the story that it is not because of friendship. And it is not because of a moral obligation to help his friend or a stranger that the father assists, that the father gets up and then helps. Rather, he says in the New International Version, uh, I love the translation there. He says, because of your shameless audacity, other translations might say because of your persistence, because of your shameless persistence, that he will give the friend what he needs. So what does this story have to do with prayer? And how should we understand the story when it comes to prayer and the fact that, Sometimes prayers are answered, sometimes prayers aren't answered. Well, prayer is a little bit like that, isn't it? I think it's a little bit audacious of us that we would think that we could ask God, that we have the right to ask God to do something for us in our life. Yet He does. In fact, immediately following this parable, the story is one of one of the most popular Bible verses. Usually, people will quote the Matthew version of this this text, but we'll we'll read the the Luke version here. Verse nine, Luke chapter eleven, verse nine. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you; seek and you will find; knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks. Finds and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. It's a trifold statement that says, You can knock, you can ask, you can seek, and God will answer. He will open the door. You will find what you are looking for. So it's audacious of us to approach God in prayer, but at the same time, the Bible tells us that if we approach, we will find the answers that we're looking for. But how do I understand the story and how do I understand it, especially when it relates to the fact that sometimes my prayers aren't answered in the timing that I want or in the way that I want? Is prayer the twisting of God's arm until he says yes and grants me everything that I have prayed for? If I say the right words in prayer and give the right reasons, will my prayers finally be answered? Will God only answer my prayers if I have the same shameless audacity, the same boldness, the same persistence as this friend at midnight? How do I understand it? What does it mean for me? I want to propose to you that the key to understanding this parable, this story, is to keep reading. If you ever get stuck reading scripture and you wonder, what does that verse mean? What does that passage mean? I encourage you to read the story beforehand and the story after it. Because we need to understand the context to truly unpack it. We know that this is the context of prayer and how to pray. But what does Jesus say next? He tells another parable. He says, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Verse 12, or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Often we understand parables as uh, similitudes or or similes. The kingdom of heaven is like, and so they sort of, they, they make you try to relate God to the the person in the story, or relate ourselves to the person in the story. But not all parables are like them. In fact, I want to propose to you this morning that the, far, the story of the friend at midnight is to uh, contrast God, not to compare God, but to contrast God with the characters in the story. The key to unpacking the story is those words that I just read. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? How much more? Jesus knows that even a bad father knows how to give a good gift. But how much better is our father in heaven? The intention of this passage is not to compare, but instead to contrast our heavenly father with earthly parents and bad friends. While the reluctant friend may only answer the door out of annoyance, God is eager to answer the door to those who knock. While a father may recognize the danger of giving bad gifts, our heavenly father is waiting patiently to lavish good gifts upon his children. Jesus wants the listener to know that God hears and answers your prayers. God is willing and Eager to give good gifts to those who ask, and in fact, the the translation in Luke says the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And we could preach a whole other sermon on the importance of seeking and asking for the Holy Spirit and the guarantee that Scripture has given that the Holy Spirit will be given to those who ask. The Father was reluctant to give the friend what he was seeking. He was reluctant to help the friend. Maybe you could say he was lazy. Maybe you could say he was justified. But this parable isn't there with the intent to teach us that we have to keep asking until God gives us what we ask Him, until we bother God enough that He finally does what we ask or or finally answers our prayers. It's the exact opposite. It's to show us that although we as humans may be like this Father, may be like these people in this story, God is not like that. God is Greater than that. God is better than that. And God is willing to answer and and willing to help those who ask and who pray to Him. One of the greatest struggles in faith is a prayer that goes unanswered. I know it is for me personally, and I know from talking to many other people, that it is a common struggle That when a prayer goes unanswered, where does my faith go? What am I supposed to believe? And where is God? Is God even listening to me in that moment? We have all heard stories. I'm sure you have heard them or read them or or seen them taught before. Stories of miraculous answers to prayers, like truly miraculous ones. Whether they be uh, incredible healings. Or just lost keys that have been found, universities, fees that have been paid for, or healing from sickness. We've all heard so many incredible answers to prayer. But I believe that at the same time, so many of us have been on the opposite side of those stories as well. Have you ever been in a situation where you're on the phone and the phone line disconnects? You know, a long time ago, if the phone disconnected while you were talking to somebody, uh, you would hear the disconnect tone. You would know that they would dropped out, that the caller dropped out, that they aren't there. But these days, especially with mobile phones, you don't always hear that. You don't always notice that the phone's been disconnected. And sometimes I'll be talking to my wife on the phone, I'll be telling her a story uh, and explaining something that happened to me during the day. And I'd be talking to her, telling her the story. And all of a sudden, my phone starts ringing. And I think, that's odd. And I realize when I look at my phone, that it's my wife. She's calling me. And the first thing that I asked her was, how much of that did you hear? How long were you disconnected? How much of that did you miss? Sometimes prayer feels a little bit like that, doesn't it? that I've been talking to God, that I've been explaining to God what I need, what I need is help with the issues that are going on in my life. And sometimes it feels like, was he even there the whole time? Did he miss some of it? How much of it has he actually heard? How do we respond to those stories of unanswered prayer? How do we respond to the times when it seems so obvious, it seems so simple Yet God doesn't answer them, where it feels as though God isn't listening, when the pain doesn't go away, and when the sickness becomes terminal, and all hope disappears. And it seems, to be honest, that this parable is silent on that topic. This parable doesn't provide the answers to that topic. But what I want to propose to you this morning is God hears your prayers. I don't have all the answers. I'm asking more questions than I have the answers for, I'm going to admit. But the big idea for you this morning, the big idea in my message for you this morning, in this this passage this morning, is that prayer is not about having all of the answers. It is about trusting the one who has the answers. I'll say that again in case you missed it. Prayer is not about having all of the answers. It is about trusting the one who has all the answers. There is a great quote that I love uh, that helps me understand what prayer is about by an author by the name of Alan White. And she says, she wrote it a long time ago. She writes, prayer does not bring God down to us, but lifts us up to God. Prayer does not bring God down to us, but lifts us up to God. Often we we think about prayer the wrong way. Often we think about prayer as in, God, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. But that's not what prayer is about. Prayer is about putting our trust, our hope, our faith in Him and knowing that He will hear and knowing that He will answer, even if it doesn't happen in the timing that we want, even if it doesn't happen in the way that we want. Prayer is not about us having all of the answers and expecting God to do what we need Him to do. Prayer is about trusting the one who has the answers. Let me tell you, only an all-powerful, all-knowing God who understands the beginning from the end can truly understand the impact, good or bad, that a single answered or unanswered prayer may have. Jesus wants the listener to be assured that a prayer in faith will be answered. There is a heavenly father far greater than any earthly father, than any earthly parent and a a friend far greater than any earthly friend who is listening and cares about his children, who wants to bring answers, who wants to bring hope. How much more, how much greater is our father in heaven? One of the things that I have found so beneficial in my walk with God in my prayer life, and one of the, my favorite tools in my prayer journey is to pray scripture. And I want to encourage you with that this morning, to pray scripture. Let me give you an example of what I mean. Find a Bible quote that helps you in your situation and whatever it is that you're struggling with, whatever it is that you're jour- uh, journeying with whatever it is that you need help with and quote that in prayer and claim that in prayer and say god you promised this i ask that you bring it matthew 11:28 come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest god i am tired please give me that rest that you promised 1 John 1, nine. if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Lord, I made a mistake. I've stuffed up. Please forgive me. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength And they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Isaiah 40 verse 30 to 31. Lord, I'm tired, but you promised to help me soar on wings like eagles. So Lord, give me that strength. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is one of my favorites. Lord, I'm anxious. I'm struggling. But I thank you with thanksgiving. I thank you because I know that you can bring peace that passes all understanding. Give me that peace. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41 verse 10. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Romans eight thirty one. And here's one of my favorites, especially so relevant to this topic this morning, that God hears your prayers, that God listens and God answers Because he's not like the father in the story. He's better. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. Call to me and I will answer you. And tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. As you can see, I still have this little brown book. It was given to me maybe six years ago. Once I put this in my drawer, I didn't find it again until I'd moved back to New Zealand, and I was unpacking my boxes, and I opened it up, and I started to read through some of those old prayers that I used to, to write in it. And I realized that I could tick them off. I realized that they had been answered. It had just taken a couple of years, in some case, just a couple of months. I felt a little bit embarrassed. I had a good chat with God in prayer that day. As I realized that God answers prayers in his timing because he knows better than I do. That God answers prayers in in his way because his answers are better than, than what I believe the answers should be. So I still have this prayer journal today. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't write in it anymore. I can't bring myself to write in it because I know that as that list piles up, It may discourage me again. But instead, I keep this prayer journal today as a reminder every time that I look at it that God hears, that God answers my prayers even if I don't realize it. Even if it's in a different way to the way that I expected it to be. I'm certainly not a prayer warrior. I still struggle. I still have my ups and downs. But I believe that God is listening, that God cares. That's the message of this story this morning. You don't have to twist God's arm. You don't have to be persistent. You don't have to say the right things. You just have to talk to Him. You just have to ask with confidence and faith that He listens and that He cares about you. And that he will bring answers in his time. At times it may feel as though he is not listening and that he will not answer, but the truth could not be farther from that feeling. In Jesus, we have the opportunity to boldly approach the throne of God in prayer, crying out to him with shameless audacity, with boldness, with persistence, with full confidence and joy that He hears us and that our prayer will be answered. I don't know where you are at in your prayer journey, but don't give up. Keep on trusting. And as you enter into a new year, as you make your New Year's resolutions, what am I going to pray for? What am I going to do this year? I encourage you to pray more, to walk with God more, even if it's hard, Don't give up. Have the confidence and the knowledge to know that he hears your prayers and he is going to bring answers. One more time for you this morning. Prayer is not about having all the answers. It is about trusting the one who has the answers. Let me pray for you. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you taught us how to pray in scripture. But most importantly, I thank you that you hear, that you listen. And Lord, I want to pray for everybody watching today. I don't know what their struggle is. I don't know where they are in their journey with you. But I pray, Lord, that they will have the confidence to know that you care about them. That you love them and that you are listening to them. May they boldly approach you with shameless audacity, with boldness, with persistence in prayer to know that you are listening. Thank you for all that you do in Jesus' precious name. Amen.